And now, welcome to Non Sequitur oh. with Kyle Curtis <laughs> and Steve McRae. God, man, Steve uh, he, has gotten good looking. He, uh, he, <laughs> Sorry about that. He has, a, he has a, the automatic trigger uh, to trigger, I think. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome back uh, to the show. This is uh, Opinionated with myself and uh, Casey. Hello, Casey. Hi, y'all. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? Excellent. And we are joined by uh, the one, the only, the uh, the infamous and notorious <laughs> DJ Kirk. How's it going, Hi, everybody. Uh, it's going, I guess, fine. I don't know. Oh. I never under, I don't, I don't know the status update thing that people do. Um, I'm fine. I think yes. most people, most people, most people though, don't they, they, they just ask that out of, um, like, if you think about it. Right. It's, I mean, it's like, I'm three obligatory bullshit. You know, okay, whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, although don't I care really how I am. <laughs> I care, but I, I'm you not know, saying you're a store clerk. People, I just, you know, generally. Yeah. Side with some people that that's the way that uh, that's the way that it, it is totally um right uh casey anything that you have coming up that you want to uh plug get out of the way before we i have uh, a midterm this sound week, right so i i have, <laughs> I have a midterm <laughs> this week so right now that's where that's where my stuff is at i have today i learns coming back next week so um that's pretty much it good series good series um and uh for us <laughs> Just to let you guys know, um, on Monday, uh, Jesse Lee Peterson will be here. Uh, oh, that sounds I think fun. that – oh, yeah. Um, I <laughs> I can't wait. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, do you know who that is, Casey? No. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you're in um, for some uh, fun. Yeah, it's it's uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's it's wild. Um, and then uh, Tuesday we have um, uh, J.F. Garepi, I hope I'm saying that right. He will be in a debate with uh, John Perry from Stated Clearly. They're going to be talking about um, social uh, social norms. And then the next Tuesday on the 26th, last thing, uh, Lawrence Krauss will be with us to talk about uh, something from nothing. So make sure that you're cool. you're there for that. Um, so uh, TJ, first of all, thank you again for taking the time to uh, to join us. Uh, what was it? I, guess, I mean, because I think everybody knows who you are. So I don't think there's a need for me to the say banana TJ. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The banana guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was. I'm funny shooting that guy. I'm glad that you said that because uh, Casey and I were talking right before you actually came in, and um, she was like, uh, "I'm going to send you uh, a question that I got. Do you think it's uh, like?" She, it, it was kind of like we were like she, somebody wanted to know about the the banana situation, and I was like, "Well, if he brings it up, then I'm, I'm sitting here thinking if he brings it up, then maybe." But uh, you I'm already a, I'm a leading with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. you gotta, which is good. If you're, if you're even remotely famous, you gotta hit on the, the 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 top echelon of the things you achieved in life. You know, I agree. And, uh, <laughs> I agree. I think that's it. <laughs> so, so you, fame, you, you know? wouldn't say you wouldn't say that's like your bottom moment. I mean, in, in one I mean, sense, fun. sure. You know, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really perceive reality that way with highs and lows. And I mean, that's all of constructed shit there's just the grind the daily grind every life's a shit sandwich and every day is another bite my uncle uh, often says and i i find that i uh by and large adopt that same mentality so yeah it's all just one uh, big thrumming low you're mm -hmm. you're, you're see, this is 
well, this is an example of the like your um your your kind of style and your the your way uh your, the way that you do things. I mean, um, I, has I always kind of stood out. Oh, okay. I think you do. I don't know. I think I, you do. I think, I think you my have if if a style, I, well, uh, maybe just um, I, I guess insanity. I don't know. Whatever. What was it that made you get into YouTube? Uh, I want to start out with some questions just about you first, and then we'll get into right, some of the things okay. like this going on political. Um, but what got sure, you into YouTube? Fine. Rock on. Um, yeah, uh, YouTube. I don't know. Um, a loud, opinionated person, uh, but very uh, passive, I think, in my day-to-day -day life. I usually don't find that it's worth it to uh, be disruptive. I think a lot of times, especially early on, uh, I got the reputation of like, oh, well, you know, you're, uh, you're a bad, you're, you're like everything that uh, is a, a negative stereotype of an atheist because you're like a loud mouth and you're very forceful with your opinions. And, you know, the reality is that I'm that way on YouTube so that in my, you know, day, that's, that's like the therapy sesh or whatever. Uh, and, you know, my day-to-day -day life, if someone's like, let us now bow our heads in prayer, I'm going to be the person who's, okay, well, I'm going to respect that tradition or whatever, even though if you ask me about it, I'm going to tell you I think it's stupid. But I'm not going to, like, <laughs> prayer, <laughs> faggot, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just, um, I, I, I guess initially it was attractive as a place to uh, vent uh, thoughts and opinions that... I didn't necessarily want to say in day-to-day -day life, not that I never say them, but, um, you know, I find that uh, people tend to think so differently, especially when you live in the South from the way I think, uh, that, you know, a lot of times it's really just a bother to, to talk to people about it, especially when you know it's not like they're going to be, become enlightened about it or anything. So I have, a, uh, you know, a place where people can go to hear my opinions if they want to hear them, and if they do, then yeah, cool. That's great for me. And if not, then whatever. I mean, I'd be doing this if there was five people listening. Uh, what was it? Uh, do you remember? Was there certain like a video or um, something that you said that uh, really kind of kicked off where you are um, today? Uh, I think the first major uh, milestone was probably when I made a video reacting to Sarah Palin as the announced uh, vice presidential uh, selection of uh, John McCain. And I was like, uh, this woman is an idiot. And uh, I can't believe that this is happening. I've seen her on Glenn Beck. And I could tell you that she is about one of the emptiest talking heads I've ever seen. And uh, she got a really big popular uh, fan following, of course, during that election. Uh, not enough to... Uh, win John McCain the election. I, I think it was an unwinnable situation for him, but wow, it would have been disastrous uh, mm. to elevate that woman to that position of power. But it was that video that uh, got me my initial, I think probably the first time I ever broke a million views on something. Um, and uh, it was also the first big burst because YouTube ad revenue was just starting and was kind of experimenting with it. No one really thought it was going to be anything. Uh, and I guess ultimately it turned out not to be, but uh, at the time, um, yeah, I got a huge, big infusion of cash. And I was like, uh, at that point, it was my hobby and I was doing something else for a job. And I was like, well, I need to get rid of this job and just do this because I love doing this. So then from that, from that point on, uh, YouTube was a job uh, as well as a hobby. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I'd still do it as a hobby, even if it weren't 
uh, a job. Yeah. Uh, you the you you sometimes get a uh, a rep for being controversial, like you said um, earlier. But probably the most uh, what from from watching you, um, you took a stance, I think, and it was so funny to watch people's reaction um, to it. And I'd just like for you to kind of reiterate uh, this point. But you took a stance against soccer, which I thought was uh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I've noticed that the things <laughs> that end up being the most controversial tend to be things that I think are just silly. Um, mm -hmm. The biggest backlashes I've ever got have not been over huge political opinions. Uh, they've they've typically been over very, like, relatively minor issues, like uh, anti-soccer. Wow. So many people pissed. I lost like 10% of the fan base I had at the time over the soccer video. <laughs> uh, I also hate that's soccer. So Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just said it. I stand by it. Hate soccer. It sucks. Uh, 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 criticizing Ron Paul back during the uh, re-love Ocean, if you remember that. Uh, that was oh, bad. Yeah. I guess that was at least to do with politics, but I mean, it was like whatever. He's a He's not going to be president no matter what. Uh, so I criticized him, lost a bunch of people over that, a lot of outrage, uh, critics, criticism of Buddhism. Th those people are not, uh, they're not used to being criticized. Um, Muslims mm. and Christians got a little bit of a thicker skin, honestly, just because they've, you know, they've been through the ringer a few times. Uh, uh, Buddhists, not really used to it. So they, they got really mad. I got more death threats criticizing Buddhism than I've ever gotten criticizing Islam, which is that's irony. That's uh, irony yeah, for sure. Uh, what else? Uh, bicyclists. Cross. I, had, I, had, oh, though that that was that was a different situation because that wasn't organically a bunch of people mad at me. That was a few people mad okay. at me. Not even really that bad, but international media writing stories about it. Um, because I said that I thought the actress who was playing Lara Croft did not have big enough tits, which is a throwaway position for me. It's really just like, you know, hey, I'm going to throw this out in the world and see what happens. And what happened was uh, media outlets across the globe writing up articles about, you know, can you believe what this random nobody on Twitter said about the new Lara Croft, huh? And trying to create some outrage. And I think it was really just because they were uh, salesmen for the movie and they wanted to say, hey, if you're against this movie, you're sexist. So go see this movie and be an enlightened, woke individual, basically. Uh, so I was basically just used as a uh, marketing gimmick to sell Lara Croft Tomb Raider, you know, number three or whatever it is. So I have a question. But, uh, yeah. You say it was like a, you say it was the, the Lara Croft thing was a throwaway position. So like, do you yeah. just sometimes say things to get a reaction and don't actually believe what you're saying <laughs> or are they actual positions like i'm just wondering <laughs> like right, right, is it right. bullshit uh, I, I, or, no, or are question. these your actual positions it's a good question um um yeah uh i i think that it was well once i said it and it got attacked it became my official position i'll say that much when i actually wrote it out <laughs> okay. did i i didn't know i didn't care about it i don't know i don't know what my position was it was just a like an impulsive kind of like her tits are too small. I'm going to tweet that because I don't have any filter. And then, you know, then when I was forced to defend it, then it became like, yes, I think this is actually important to her character. Um, do I really, am I strong about like, am I passionate about that? No, but uh, you know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. sure. 
Uh, I've definitely have thrown shit out there into the world just to see what's going to happen. Like, you know, because one of my favorite things to do is toss some crazy shit out there uh, on uh, Twitter or whatever and just seeing different groups of people fight over it. Like the other day, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to create this straight up and down poll of is it anti-Semitic to criticize Israel? Question mark, yes, no. No maybe, nothing, no other options, just that's it. And just like the sheer, I mean, like, of course, there was full of the anti-Israeli, pro-Israeli comments, the, the nuanced trolling of you got, you should have given us another option because sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Yeah, but I'm asking you if it's inherently that. You know, and just watching the chaos unfold, watching people spurg out and get mad at each other, uh, you know, not even participating any further in the dialogue, although maybe I did a couple, but um, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, so... Um, it- as to whether or not so that's you bait, you always bait, you bait people. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even call it bait because it's not like uh, it's not like they're not already gonna have whatever reaction. I just want to poke them with a stick, and uh, I'm not really. <laughs> that's what baiting. I'm not, really, I'm not really looking for, but I'm not really trying to elicit some particular response from them or any response. Yeah. Uh, necessarily, I'm just trying to rile them up and see what yeah. they do. I, I get you know what I get that because the the uh, the biggest Twitter like feud that uh, I've ever had I mean and it went on for uh, like a week solid and, and there were people who were like just getting crazy over this was the was a circumcision thing um, mm-hmm. it it's it, it's the 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 issues that you think are I mean that's a big issue to a lot of people but you wouldn't think it would be as um, like heated as it was because there were people like getting just intense over uh yeah yeah over, over well, this it, it, you, th- you know it's, it's everything though i mean like uh people get intense over movie opinions or show opinions i mean like things about entertainment and stuff i mean i'm still recovering from that fucking uh, will smith genie so i can't talk oh man I'm traumatized that's that. that's that is bad <laughs> have you seen the genie hideous. casey uh, the Aladdin. Yes, it's, it's yeah, oh, it's a little um, man. It's not right. It, it's not right. No, no, I wasn't. I mean, I'm really excited to see the movie. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved Aladdin when I was a kid. Um, I'm yeah. really depressed that like that. I'm I'm really upset that like Robin Williams is not around to be the genie. Um, yeah, but. I don't know. He just looks, and I didn't realize it's live action and not cartoon. So like, I get it's gonna right. look different, but. It's just a little, I don't know, man. It's weird. I sent it to my mom and she was like, what fresh hell is this? And she, <laughs> she not right. So many people, I put it in the, my thumbnail of a video I did about it and people were like, I thought that was just like a terrible Photoshop that you did. I didn't know <laughs> it was supposed to be, that's, re, that's really the, okay. So yeah, well, that was what's a, up? What's gotten like kind of the what or out of those things that you were you were naming a second ago those those things that have pissed people off the most the one that's getting the most reaction right now is the bike the uh, the stance on biker uh, biking in oh, yeah. um, bicyclists yeah. yeah yeah they're they're very which you're probably and of course. Like, can can I just can yeah. I just like lay this out right out? I don't follow you. I've never watched any of your content. I don't really know yes. a whole lot about you. So I know of right. you, 
obviously. Yeah. Um, you can't really be part of the atheist community and not, but I've never just right. watched or followed any of your shit. Um, so I right. did some research, you know, kind of looking up stuff. What's, what's the deal with the bicyclists? Like what's the problem? The problem? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. Uh, the problem with bicyclists is that they have um, a little bunch of pipes and a wheel and they think that they're that, entitles them to the same road that i drive a two or three ton combustion engine powered machine that can easily squish them like a bug you know but they're still on the road on a vehicle with the tops tops yeah it's a public roadway but you know i don't see people riding horses on it I don't see dune buggies and go carts and shit on it. I agree why with you on this. Why is there why is there this special <laughs> exception for your fucking faggoty hobby? No, I don't. I, I mean, like, I agree with him on this. I agree with him like, on this. It, it's for cars. It's not for bikes. Put in a bike lane. Get your city to put in a fucking bike lane or something. You know, right. ride in that. That's but that's, that's it. Don't that's it. you provide? Get out of my fucking way. Yeah, I'm yeah. look. Yeah. I, you're you're in a slow piece of shit vehicle that is powered by pedals and I have to go around you and I'm terrified that I'm going to hit your ass unless I'm way over on the other side of the street, in which case I got to wait if there's oncoming traffic coming, you know? So mm. I don't know. They're just inconvenience to I, I, me. So I don't like them. I agree. The, the bike lane's fine. Like I, I, I'm totally okay with bikers like being on the road or whatever, but when right. you're driving I mean, on the road and, if and, you're in Europe, and you have like tight lanes, like, you know, that yeah. it doesn't work. I mean, if you're on a two-lane road that's pretty heavily trafficked, a bicyclist on that road can cause, like, up to a five-minute delay just because they're yeah. riding a fucking bike, and that's bullshit. You know, I don't I, – yeah. no other vehicle is allowed to do that. If you were on there on, like uh, – I don't know. Like, I guess sometimes we do make exceptions for, like, heavy equipment like tractors or something, but, you know, no one's right. riding their dune oh, buggy on that. No one's riding their golf cart on the fucking street where the speed limit is 50 miles an hour. Well, so like right. horses and buggies can ride on the roads. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I grew up in, in your Amish country. If you're, in an Amish, if you're in Amish country, there's like laws that protect them to do that. But like around here, they wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know where you live, but it just, I mean, there's still a lot. Well, maybe we can install horse lanes. Maybe we can install, maybe no. we can install horse lanes. But look, I, if you go to like Amsterdam or something, there's the road and there's bike lanes everywhere and they're, they're woven into the infrastructure of how the city works and how traffic works here in America, maybe in some places we've done that. And I'm sure, you know, like there's places with bike lanes and stuff, but there's not that level of integration everywhere in this country. So a lot of times people are just driving their bikes on the road and they're a detriment. They're a detriment to everyone riding a vehicle, which is the vast preponderance of fucking people. Yeah. But you know, um, so it did piss a lot of people off. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so to to kind of keep keep with the same theme, how would you uh, describe what your political leanings are? Because you uh, you look at both sides of the um, the in, in terms right. of parties, and you can find things with issues with 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 each. But how would you sum up your your sort of political leanings? Uh, libertarian leftist. Libertarian left. And what um, just for people who may not know what that means or who haven't seen um, what you do. What describe some of the things that you um, like are important to you, and where you disagree with the the standard two party um, system? Uh, I don't inherently disagree with the notion of a two party system, but if you have a two party system, then it should represent 
at least two different points of view. And right now, I mean, go look at the, um, the website that tells you, uh, and I don't remember the URL offhand, but there's a website out there that'll tell you where everyone is in terms of their votes against uh, or for uh, Donald Trump's proposals and his agenda. And it's pretty crazy to look at because you see that there's not really two parties that are distinctive in identity. There's this gradient and there's some Democrats that are way up there in voting for Trump stuff. There's some uh, Republicans that are way down there. And that's a lot of it because the standard of what's a Democrat and what's a Republican is different state by state. Like a California Republican that's actually holding office is probably a Democrat in, you know, Louisiana where I live. Um, but, uh, you know, the problem is that on a lot of issues, the two parties really don't seem too divided with each other. Like our foreign policy of both parties is pretty much the same. There's not a party, for instance, that represents as a whole uh, non-interventionism. Um, there's not a political party that as a whole represents, you know, let's uh, tax Wall Street a little bit stronger. Let's tax billionaires a little bit more. Now, there's candidates on the Democratic side that have those positions, but the Democratic Party itself is uh, still pretty friendly to big business. Uh, and I feel like if you're going to have a Democratic Party, it's the job of the Democrat Party to represent the interests of workers and common people. Uh, the Republicans are supposed to be the party that represents big business. When you have two parties doing that, then there's no real opposition uh, on that issue. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, when you say the two parties are the same, they point out, they like to point out, well, they're different here and they're different there and blah, 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 blah. And of course, that's true. But when there's issues as big as foreign policy and how we regulate business where these parties are in virtual lockstep, that's a problem. Um, so in terms of what I believe, I believe in a, a leftist economy. Um, I believe in a mixed economy with capitalism. I, can, I call myself a capitalist, but I believe in strong regulation of the markets. And uh, as terms of uh, individuals, I believe in the strongest and most robust individual liberty that you can have within the confines of that system. So that means, you know, I don't think someone has a right to own a business that pollutes the river. Uh, but I do think that person has the right to, you know, dress up as Shirley Temple and get their ass spanked or whatever the fuck. Mm. All right. But they don't um, have the right to drive a bike on a road. No. <laughs> <Just ask. laughs> no. no. Absolutely not. They're just logically okay. All right. Fuck bicycles. No, but I would be, uh, I'd be totally in favor of them getting their bike lane. So go ahead. And yeah. Do that. Uh, um, <laughs> so how do, uh, how, uh, if you were to, if you were to, um, if you had to sum it up right now, I know it's it's a little early, and we can't really tell full on. But um, if you were to vote right now, how should America vote in 2020? Because you know everything is getting I'm ready to, gonna, to ramp up. I'm not going to speak for what America should do because mm -hmm. America is a huge variety of people that all are in different walks of life with different interests. Like if I'm a uh, billionaire industrialist or something, I'm gonna probably be like, yeah, Trump's our man. You know, he just cut our taxes and all this stuff. So uh, Trump, if you're, if you're that, if you're not that, uh, then I'd consider voting for one of the, like the people I like. Uh, and I don't, I'm not going to give anyone a glowing endorsement, but um, you know, I would be partial to someone like Bernie Sanders, uh, 
maybe Tulsi Gabbard in a pinch. Maybe you could say Elizabeth Warren's good. I just saw an interview with a guy, Andrew Yang, on uh, the uh, Joe Rogan show, who I think has some very interesting ideas. I think he might be a little out there for some people, but um, I don't know. Maybe check that out. What's that? Go ahead, Casey. Oh, oh. I was just going to say, you mentioned Elizabeth Warren, and I'm just curious, what was your thought on the whole, like, getting a beer video? Did you think that was as awkward as I did? Yes, You, you know what I'm talking uh, about, right? Yeah, I thought that was super her. weird. Go, go watch Elizabeth Warren's appearance on Bill Moyers in 1995, and she is a um, very soft-spoken uh, intelligent, professorial person, because that's what she truly is. She's an academic, she's a professor, she's a teacher, mm -hmm. and she speaks in a calm and deliberate manner. And I haven't seen that Elizabeth Warren in a long time because she was replaced by politician Elizabeth Warren who sees, hey, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is doing all these down-to-earth streams, so I guess that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> in search of an identity yeah, just like whole, but i mean like the whole it's the same as with the, uh, the indian thing though right i mean she's like a woman in search of uh of a more interesting identity it's like no just be yourself and that's not yeah you. what are you gonna say casey oh i was just saying yeah the whole i i kind of agree with you i think she's trying to be a little more relatable to the general public but it did it came off to me i don't know as like really super awkward and i mean i know she's trying like i get that she was trying and she had the best of intentions of and it like you said she's soft-spoken and an academic and that's probably totally outside of her wheelhouse but it was just um i don't know the whole thing and then the thing with the husband i don't know i just thought it was super <laughs> weird well, uh what's your, uh, yeah, what's, your con what's your what's your opinion about um kamala harris um, you know, I had a very neutral opinion of her to start with because I didn't know much about her. Um, now I know that uh, as a uh, district attorney, she uh, willfully ignored evidence that uh, could have exonerated people. She willfully ignored evidence that uh, cast doubt on the state's official story and suppressed it. Um, I know that there were times that she had evidence that uh, – kind of showed that the state's case was not as strong as they were making it out to be and withheld it from defense attorneys. Mm -hmm. uh, so it seems to me that when she was district attorney, uh, she likes to go around calling herself now a progressive. I was a progressive prosecutor. Well, there's not much to indicate that. Uh, what's indicated is that she was a very corrupt prosecutor, which I think is uh, sadly pretty standard in our uh, justice system. So uh, I have, uh, you know, I have my doubts about her sincerity. Now she has embraced a lot of uh, uh, leftist sort of policies. And I guess that, uh, you know, if, if you're someone who's going to vote for uh, a lesser of two evils candidate, she's probably not that bad, but I don't think that her, um, you know, a, a willingness to throw people in jail when you know that there's decent evidence out there that they're not guilty, or at least there's mm. some doubt. Uh, there's a reasonable doubt, which, you know, if you look at our justice system, you're supposed to have be able to prove your case beyond a reasonable doubt to actually get a conviction. So when you when there is a reasonable doubt and you suppress it, that shows to me that you really don't care about people and that you just care about furthering your own career and agenda. So. Unfortunately, that's pretty standard like that's for our politicians. Politics. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I agree. 
what's the uh, what's the biggest issue that that uh, we as a society face today? You know, there's there's so many things you choose from from global warming, um, the uh, immigration. Well, like what it. what's the global warming? Climate change. Uh, climate, climate change. The uh, impending. Uh, I, I wouldn't even have said this before today, but after watching Andrew Yang on um, Joe Rogan, if the statistics that he were providing. Uh, was providing were uh, accurate, then I would say automation, huge threat. Um, mm. uh, what was he saying about automation that that um, that that uh, troubled you? Something like something like uh, twenty to thirty percent of jobs uh, will be replaced by automation in within the next eleven years. Ooh, that is uh, so. Uh, if that were if that was the case, let's just play mm -hmm. hypothetical here. What would people do? Yeah, like um, that, that's that's. Millions. Well, uh, tr truck drivers are almost certainly going away. Uh, a lot of cashiers are going away. There's already restaurants operating in China without human beings present. Uh, so a lot of these uh, restaurant jobs are going away. Uh, How a do lot truck of jobs go away because you still have to get products to places. So yeah, well, no, you, well, you're, the trucks will be uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, which are. Yeah. Already oh. being already in the testing phases, they're already ninety eight percent accurate. Uh, which, of course, you want a truck that's a you know a driver that's one hundred percent accurate. You can't have two percent of the time the trucks are crashing into things and all that. But uh, once they master that last little two percent, you know, uh, what are you going to hire if you're a, a business owner? You're going to hire a human truck driver that is going to be way more likely to crash the truck once they improve the technology. It's going to be, you know, it's going to need sleep. It's going to need to be paid on a regular basis. Uh, all this stuff, or are you going to hire the machine that can drive in perpetuity and is 100% focused on its task and has been developed to be safer than a human driver? I mean, it's a no-brainer if you're a business owner. So uh, that profession probably... 10 to 15 years, there's not going to be a human truck driver. So, so what, do, what does everybody do then? Like, what, 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 would, what would people do in, in that case? With, well, that's, why, um, it's a, that's yeah. why it's a fucking real problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a huge problem. You, look, uh, they, they, they were talking about the, uh, in, you know, when the, during the Industrial Revolution, there was tons of riots as people lost jobs that were made obsolete by the industrial revolution and uh, this is going to be like the industrial revolution on steroids there's going to be huge civil unrest and we're already seeing civil unrest i mean because of automation uh, tons of factory jobs have been lost not to overseas not to immigrants but to machines uh tons of businesses are shutting down shop because amazon now gets their business and a lot of amazon is now yeah, going to be it's machines and they're looking into the whole drone thing as well i don't know that i think that's been unwrap uh that's been brought out in a few places uh so mm -hmm. when when you have most of the business is going to this you know <coughs> one company that uses total automation throughout their factories for the most part and uh is now looking into delivering their goods via automation i mean like at some point uh when when all the money from the you know, the populace is going to that, uh, that, that undercuts jobs when the fucking burgers are being flipped by machines. That's jobs. I mean, there's just so many jobs that are just going to go like goodbye. I mean, <clears throat> even, uh, uh, call center workers, they're the, the, the rate that the, uh, artificial AI is evolving 
pretty crazy. So in 10 or 15 years, those people could find themselves replaced by a machine that someone on the other end of the phone can't tell the difference. Um, I saw something about that. Google's got Google's got a uh, like a technology now, and they demonstrated yeah. it um, last year at a conference where you, you can even order a pizza. The the your phone will be able to call the restaurant, a- acting as you. It uses your voice to generate a like a, a sample set, and it will it can make calls for you and it act like it's you with your voice. Yeah. In our lifetime, it's probably going to be possible to even. I mean, I don't even call on the phone to order a pizza anymore. But even if you did, you could call on the phone, talk to an automated, you know, like an AI, a, a basic little AI program to get your pizza. Your pizza's made by machines. It's put into a car by a machine. The car is, is an uh, uh, autonomous vehicle that drives to your house. Or maybe they'll even have like pizza drones or something. Like this mm-hmm. is not far-flung sci-fi shit at this point. This is probably something we're going to see in our lifetimes, like, you know, 20 years tops. I mean, maybe uh, not so even that's that. Maybe not right. That, so cause... it's going to change. Well, I was being very conservative with that estimate because well, the, they got Uber you know, Eats and Uber's trying yeah. to do automated vehicles. So automated Already, pizza yeah. delivery is a heartbeat away. Yeah. So I mean, like, but I mean, like, the point is that so many jobs from across the, the workforce are just going to be eliminated, uh, you know, especially like unskilled labor, factory labor, stuff like that is just going to be more and more uh replaceable mm-hmm. and uh you know our society is going to have a real tough time acclimating to that so uh just just to, to kind of jet back to the um the the global warming thing for a second uh why don't you think that people because it's mainly i believe we can agree it's it's mainly the republican side that's not kind of bending on the the climate change so for some reason they've got those those shades up what is it about that that you don't think that people who are in that camp um, see what's going on. Like, um, I don't think it's that they don't see. I just think it's that uh, they don't they don't buy it. They don't believe it. Uh, increasingly, it's shown that uh, you know the American public has come around to realizing that this is an issue. Uh, why don't the Republicans that are you know the lead in the leadership, the the you know representatives, why aren't they on board? Because um, you know, I don't, it's not really very difficult to see. Just go look at their, uh, oh, go to open secrets and, uh, go look at, uh, where, where they're getting their campaign money from. I mean, uh, tons of them are receiving oil and gas money. And so are a lot of Democrats, by the way, you know, when, when your campaigns are, are funded by huge industries, like you're getting money from the, de, you know, defense contractors, you're getting money from oil, oil and gas, you're getting money from pharmaceutical. I mean, of course you're doing their fucking bidding. You know, you're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars from them. I'm not hearing anybody. Hey, Casey, can you hear me, TJ? Hey, are you, I can hear you. No. Is Kyle out? All right, I can, hear, I can hear everybody now. I just couldn't hear you one for a second. Kyle, it's Kyle's issue, so go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want me to uh, do you want me to go ahead and ask uh, some uh, fan or viewer questions that I collected from the Twitters? Sure, if you want. Okay, it's your show. <laughs> I'm just here. Right. I'm along for the ride. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with Kyle. He's, I think he's saying one oh. second, maybe. Okay, hold on. Let me let me text him real quick. 
This is ground control to Mage Cat. <laughs> Technical issues. Hey, I know how it is. You These still can't hear shows me. Are all... I hear you oh, now. We got you, Kyle. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Before we before we get to those uh, the 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 questions from the uh, fans, let's. I got three things that um, I want to run through real quick. Um, we'll just switch sure. screens real quick so that we can um, pull that up. Mm. Dave, if you'll move us to the big screen, move us to the big screen, David. Move to the big screen. <laughs> uh, Dave, can you hear me? Yes, I Dave. can. Yes, I can. Okay, oh, which one okay. do you want? We're gonna start. We're gonna start out with the uh, Southern Baptist thing. Okay. So uh, while 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 Dave's moving us over, last night, if you guys uh, watched the show last night, we had a guy that um, wrote an article called um, "Gay Jesus is Coming," and basically his his point was that uh, gay culture is such that eventually. Uh, we, as uh, me being a part of the gay community, and our agenda is to uh, sort of hijack religion. In, in other words, we will be able to find a way to make Jesus somehow uh, gay. There are verses that we'll be able to misconstrue, um, and that will be a way to sort of bring him into that culture since we've done it with Hollywood and other things. And the rest of his article talked about um, how it was uh, just a lot of things about homosexual sex, um, how it's not healthy, how it's, uh, what, what it can do to you, all this other stuff. So uh, I find it ironic that today the headline is um, 380 Southern Baptist leaders and volunteers accused of sexual misconduct. Hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. there's um, over 700 victims, right? Uh, between uh, 19, since 1998, 380 Southern Baptist leaders and volunteers have faced allegations of sexual misconduct. Uh, the uh, in the past 20 years, there have been more than 700 victims, with some urged to have abortions and to forgive their abusers. Mm -hmm. So, um, as the amazing atheist, and uh, since you know you've had probably the 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 loudest atheist voice for the longest uh, period of time here on YouTube, what do you think about? Um, situations like this when all the time we're hearing about how since we don't have a belief in God uh, we can't have a moral compass like there's right you know that well I mean the thing about the thing about this is uh, you know it's the same thing you saw in the Catholic Church um, I mean you see the same thing in uh, Islam you see the same thing in uh, like any any of these powerful institutions where uh, it goes beyond just we're a bunch of humans getting together to I mean when, when you start when you start putting people in the position of like I represent God I can I am represent the creator of the universe and you know you you put people in that position who are yeah, either evil people to begin with or are just corruptible or whatever and they're gonna abuse that power in a myriad of ways uh, and this is just one example of that power being abused by people who have basically got a bunch of people convinced that they're God on earth, or at least his representative, and that, you know, whatever he or she, I guess in some instances, maybe, uh, probably not in the Southern Baptist thing, but um, whatever they say is just the gospel truth and, you know, there to be obeyed and whatever commandments they lay down, 
-hmm. even if it's something that seems wrong or unreasonable, people are scared to question them because they think, well, this is my spiritual leader and I have to obey because like, that's so much of what Christianity is about is obedience. Uh, you know, and, and it's the same thing with Islam. Uh, it's all about, uh, you know, subverting your will to this higher power. But of course, the higher power is not manifest anywhere around you. So you have to go through this middleman who might be someone who's trying to exploit you in some horrendous way. And in fact, in most cases, usually is. Usually it's financial exploitation, but obviously sexual exploitation is another form that that takes. Uh, mm -hmm. So really, to me, the solution to stuff like this is for people to realize uh, the predatory nature of these people and to stop vesting this power in them. But unfortunately, um, uh, people are addicted to religious dogma and doctrine. And so uh, when they're addicted to that, as long as there's people out there willing to peddle that, and why wouldn't there be? Because there's a lot of power-hungry people out there who uh, they, they view that as the primary means of achieving control over others. Uh, it's, a, it's like George Carlin said, it's the greatest bullshit story of all time. Uh, and so you've got the promise of heaven, the fear of hell, and you're the master of it all in this person's eyes. So, of course, there's people who are going to abuse that in horrendous and uh, disgusting ways. I agree. Casey, what's, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, you know, I'm an anti-theist. I think religion is awful. And I think that this kind of stuff is not going to stop happening. It's not going to stop happening in Catholicism, and it's not going to stop happening with the evangelicals and the other Protestant religions or anybody else. Um, you know, the way that Muslim men treat Muslim women is not going to stop. And it's terrible. I mean, religion is awful. And so, like, this, this particular story does not surprise me at all. Um, they need to go to prison. People need to turn them in. But here's the thing that sucks the most, I think, out of like when you have s stories like this is that like the people in the community know shit like this is happening and they don't right. turn them in. And that's the disgusting part is that it's like the whole community rallies around these fucking sex offenders. And mm -hmm. it's it's just I don't I don't even understand it. Like my my brain just cannot wrap around it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, well, they think they think that uh, they think God's on that person's side. You know, you think that you've actually if you've actually been convinced that the creator of the universe who controls your eternal fate is on the side of the abuser, then, you know, you're scared mm -hmm. to say anything. Yep. Last week, we did a, uh, last week, up. last week, we did a, a show about about um, Stephen Anderson and his um Ugh, his views on yeah he's just vitriolic um the he's uh the, the the thing about uh that's the about, uh, that's the virulent homophobe one right yes uh the, the guy who he wished um he's he said that uh trans people and gay people should just die uh the the government right, should yeah. be, should execute um um yeah that's his gay part people. Parcel. I, remember, I remember him yeah yeah uh the the uh, the thing about that I find funny in today's society, um, if you take Trump now, let's just take the politics out of, of Trump, right? And you uh, put w what he stands for and what he's done. Um, did I go out again? No, no. Okay, all right. Uh, it got, <laughs> there was some background noise that that um, cut out. It may have been Dave. Um, but yeah, he he. You take for what he stands for, what he's done, what he said, everything, and you. 
put it on a, like a like a dry erase board and you bring in a, a Christian and they don't know it's about Trump, but you say, would you support anybody that had any of these qualities, right? I think they would uh, pretty unanimously say no. However, for some reason, in some weird way, evangelicals have flocked to Trump. Like, like there he can do no wrong in in their eyes. Where does that uh, where does that come from? He's a billionaire on uh, uh, Wall Street backed, and then you've got the people in the Bible Belt who are um, under the poverty level. Uh, there's no similarities there whatsoever, and they couldn't be in worlds further apart. So where's that attraction come from? Um, well, you know, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, a lot of these places that are Bible Belt territory. There's a lot of uh, fear of, uh, you know, the the big city liberal or the uh, immigrant crossing the border and stealing the job or whatever. And, I mean, you know, he plays to people's fears all the time. Um, and he presents himself as a solution to that, and he pays lip service to religion. And uh, even though it couldn't be more clear to me that his piety is completely, and not even well manufactured, but it's, it's clumsily manufactured piety, people are willing to accept it uh, because he's blowing so much smoke up their ass on other things they already think, uh, things that may be misguided, but it's still what they believe. And so as long as he parrots them there, and says, yeah, I'm a Christian, then that's good enough mm. for them. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't really think that the evangelicals follow him on the basis of piety. I think that that's, they just, he says, I'm pious. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. And they're like, yeah, he's God like me. But really what their, what their real bond is, is on more stuff about like, he's going to build a wall and he's going to, you know, ban Muslims or whatever crazy promise he's made to them. Uh, that's the stuff that really galvanizes them towards him. What do you think about plus, the wall? Oh, I'm so, sorry, Casey, go ahead. They don't ask him about that. Plus, plus they've been raised and told basically to believe that Democrats are evil and Republicans are the only way to go. So Trump is like the Republican person. And so they're going to follow him. And it's interesting that people in areas like the Bible Belt are republicans like that besides the religious factor which i think is the only reason that they're still republicans they depend on social programs and other things that democrats support and republicans don't and so they right. vote against their own interests all the time yeah. when they vote for republicans because fucking abortion it's the craziest right. shit i have ever seen in my life well there's a, a book about that called um what's the matter with kansas i forget the name of the author but it's all about how republicans use uh wedge issues to get people to vote against their own economic interest which is uh <laughs> from a from a social engineering standpoint is just uh dazzling but from a logistical pragmatic standpoint of having to live in this reality it's not so great um mm -hmm. but you asked about the wall i believe um yes you know, I don't, I don't have super strong opinions uh, about the wall. I think it's impractical. Um, I do think that uh, at least for a time, it would obviously create some, some jobs. It is a big public works project, uh, kind of like the, uh, the Hoover Dam or something. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's been effective in the past. So you could maybe make that kind of argument for it. But uh, with a D plus or D minus infrastructure in this country. It seems to me that there's a lot of public works projects that would do us a lot more good than a, a wall. We know that Mexico has tunnels into this country already. 
Uh, we found, we find them all the time. So digging a tunnel ain't no big deal for them. Uh, there's tunnels out there that are really sophisticated with like elevators and like lighting and stuff. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that challenging. It turns out for them to build a tunnel, especially if you're connected to a cartel and you're making, you know, huge profits on drugs. Um, so I don't think the wall is efficient. I mean, like, and it's just like, it reminds me of the, the Maginot line. It was a border, strongly fortified border built uh, along the French border to keep the Germans out. And the Germans just went around it. And that's mm-hmm. just all that's going to happen. You're going to get a, a they're going to get some low front flying aircraft with some anti-radar equipment or they're going to sail around it, or they're going to dig under it, or they're going to get a visa and enter legally and overstay. There's just, it doesn't, it's, it's not a very effective thing. So it's basically just, uh, I guess the best word for it is like a boondoggle to me. But at the same time, I don't think it's really harmful uh, in many ways. I think it could probably do some ecological damage as it interferes with migration routes and stuff like that. You have to make a decision about what side of the wall the, uh, the Rio Rio Grande, I think, uh, falls mm-hmm. on. So uh, there's stuff like that. Uh, so you're gonna just give that to Mexico. It is actually kind of an important river. Um, so I don't know. There's just a million logistical things that are just you know maybe would be worth looking into if it was actually gonna solve a problem. But it's not gonna solve any problem. It's just something that Trump promised on the campaign trail and people said, yeah, a wall. So now he feels like, well, I got to do that to cement my legacy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if, if he does end up succeeding, it's just going to be a legacy of stupidity that someone in the future is probably just going to end up tearing down. So I guess it'll create jobs again. It's time to tear the motherfucker down. I agree. Um, speaking of that, <clears throat> in, in sort of a way, they can, let's go to the next story. Um, uh, this is this, this is going to touch on outrage culture a little bit and where we draw the line at what we get angry about. So um, this is a story where uh, the students. I just say a, FYI, I can't I can't read the um, the story. It's like the pixel. Yeah, it's uh, it's because of the bandwidth. Um, we stream out right. to uh, everybody else in 1080p, but back to us, it's um it's not that. But I'm I'm going to read yeah. uh, what it, what okay. it says. Um, so basically, uh, this uh, a, a group of students at a college forced a business to um, apologize, take down a sign that they had up, and um, it cost the, the, the business a lot of um, a lot of business. But here was here was their issue. Uh, a, a restaurant near the campus of Clipson University um, has, upset, has upset students. Their grave error, uh, naming one of its sandwiches the Tijuana Chicken Sandwich. The restaurant, named Loose Change, put a sign outside their establishment which read, Big Enough to Feed a Caravan? Built high enough with smoked chicken, lettuce, tomato, pepper, jack, bacon, and guacamole. Bordered with a side of pub chips. So good it should be illegal. Now that's it. That, that's that's the uh, that was the extent of the... Dave, if you'll scroll down a little bit so we can see the sign. People can... I'm having um, a hard time scrolling this article for some reason. I don't know why okay. it's not Well, anyway, uh, you can go to that, that article. But um, see, where do we... Here's my... This is my view on things. Now, um, I know that there are issues that people do need to uh, get angry about protest and uh, just go after. But there are some things that I feel that we just go crazy for. And what happens, uh, things like this are the reason that Trump, in my opinion, gets elected. Because Hmm. uh, people who are on the right, 
look at these sort of instances and go, okay, I want somebody that's not going to be for that, you know. So they right. default to a uh, a Republican. Well, yeah, but let's I mean, let's be real here. The Republicans have tons of stuff like this too. Whether it be I'm offended by the Gillette razor blade ad, or I'm offended by an NFL player <laughs> yeah. kneeling during the national theme song, or very good point. A few years ago, Josh Fierstein was mad about Starbucks cups not having an explicit reference to Jesus on them. Like, it, very good I mean, point. whatever. There's there's all these like little butthurt fucking snowflakes out there and they're not left wing and they're not right wing. They're everywhere. Um, but as far as this goes, like every time I see a story like this, I'm just like, do uh, we run out of real problems? Did, did we solve everything? And I'm unaware. And now we're going to be concerned about this. Like, look, I'll be, I'll get pissed over stupid shit like the Will Smith genie or whatever, but I'm just venting. I'm not like, you know, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. out with a picket sign, like no blue Will Smith genie, you know, like, Although that Something, deserves it, I think. <laughs> right. If you want to, if you look, here's what I recommend. If you show up to this establishment and you see this sign and you say to yourself, I am offended by that sign, don't fucking eat there. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. You don't need to, you don't need to virtue signal to the whole world about how great you are because I'm offended by the sign because I love illegals so much or whatever the fuck. The, no, I mean, like, Hey, if you don't like the sign, you think it's in poor taste, whatever, don't fucking eat there. Vote with your feet and go to the subway across the street. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I Casey? I, mean, I, I, can't totally, I can't totally disagree with that because while I think the whole, the whole sandwich thing, the whole thing was a little distasteful, like if, if it's, I don't know, I, I wouldn't do it if what? it was my business, but it's not my business. So like... I, would I eat there? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't really know what they're about, but there are places I don't shop or go for those kinds of free. I mean, not that kind of reason, but for other reasons, like I don't go to Chick-fil-A because they support hate groups. And so I just don't fucking go there and I don't make a big ordeal about it. Like there's people at my work who love Chick-fil-A. I don't like ride them over the rails over you know not a, over eating chick-fil-a yeah. like i don't have a fucking panic over it but i i choose not to eat there i don't shop right. at hobby lobby because i feel like they're terrible i mean they do have great prices and great shit and so sometimes like it really bothers me but like i just i have to stand on that i just can't go there. don't falter um, so, so, <laughs> so there's, just, yeah. like, there's just some there's, places there's like there's that a huge difference there's a huge difference between the personal decision that you're making for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with you even going around and saying to people like, I don't uh, eat there because of this, but there's a big, big difference to like literally try to sabotage the business or put public pressure on it to change or whatever. Like, you know, if, if you don't like something, don't, I mean like, yeah, vote with your wallet, vote with your feet. Don't, don't try to destroy the business because it took a stance you don't agree with. I don't know why businesses out there are taking fucking stances to begin with. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it seems like it's a popular thing to do nowadays. So the, the thing is though, the, this went so far that, that the, the students at, at Clemson, they got together and their student government association as a whole uh, for the university put out a statement on this, a statement saying that 
uh, in uh, it, to summarize, it was very distasteful. The, 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 the Clemson undergraduate student government denounces the inc- incident that occurred last week with the sign posted outside of uh, Loose Change, a restaurant downtown Clemson. The sign was offensive and very dis- <laughs> it, it said this. It said the sign was in, uh, offensive and very distasteful. Our uh, college stands for the voices of all students, and it's concerning that Loose Change would block the social media accounts of several student organizations after they expressed concerns with the incident. Uh, this situation greatly disappoints us, and we will not stand for uh, those sorts of signs or our voices to be censored. This is an official right. statement from a university over a sandwich board. Yeah, uh, I just feel like we've lost the plot at this point. Um, yep. You know, like there's there's things that are worth putting your time and energy and effort into doing, and this is just simply not one of them. And I mean, hey, it's a free country. If you want to waste your time on writing the injustice of a slightly off-color sign at a sandwich shop, then you be my guest. You go right ahead. But personally, I think you're uh, wasting your fucking time. Mm. How do you feel about... uh, Oh, go ahead, Casey. I think there are things that are important to protest over, and I think public pressure is one of the things that makes progress makes for progress in society so i think that stuff is important um and and we all think that different things are important i mean people could say that you stood on the hill of laura croft's tits so i mean like right, exactly. you know they might they think that's been more like the hill yeah but i would never make the case though that laura croft's tit size is actually important to me, the humor was in seeing other people act like they were that important. Um, where you know, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe there's there's a a political statement being made here. Like we'll all get really upset about the sandwich board to draw attention to. I don't know how ridiculous it is, but uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think this is genuine anger at the board for making like what I feel like is a pretty neutral reference, honestly, at the end of the day to, you know, border security issues, but I guess it's just so hot button in people's minds. They feel like, you know, we're in this big fight with Trump that we might not win, but maybe we'll win the fight for the sandwich sign, you know, like some way of take of feeling some power in the situation. It it was a, it was a, it was a play on words that, you know, or, or a, a, a big pun on a board um, there there. And to just to point out something um, I think that uh, back to the Laura Croft thing for just a second, thinking back and I just put up a picture of like the original game. Um, they do portray her in those original games with like overly sized uh, right. breasts. I mean, they're like well, o- overly I mean, video games. Uh, like always I'm just that. saying, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, if you, if, if, if you're, if we're looking back, um, that would be a noticeable thing. Um, well, one of the things here's I what, was saying to people is just like, okay, like if we're gonna if we're gonna legitimately talk about this for a second, then one of the things I was saying to people like, what if you had this character from I don't know um, a novel or whatever, something that was really popular with women, right? And there's this yeah. character, and it's very important that he be a sexy motherfucker, and then Hollywood announces like. Yeah, we're casting uh, the amazing atheist as that guy in a movie. And I come out, you know, fat and schlubby and like, hey, ladies, it's me. <laughs> it's sexual dream. You know? 
women are gonna be like boo you know Ooh. so i mean 50 shades what if tj played 50 shades you know like um you know the women of america are not just gonna be like well appearances don't matter no i mean like it you know it matters to some extent to people and you know as a kid who grew up in the 90s, you know, there was uh, there was some special moments between me and Lara Croft, you know, back in the day. So I, I just feel you know, like she needs her voluptuousness <coughs> in time. That's hey, a, I think that's if that a, makes a, me a bad, fair, then fucking it's a fair comparison. I mean, I think that they would be uh, there would be some something said if. Uh, now, I guess like, that is uh, kind of a, a bit of a dishonest analogy on my part, because it's not like the girl who was playing Lara Croft was like butt ugly or something so I guess you could oh, yeah. say that it you know there's 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 wiggle room there but you know um you know yeah. in, in general that's that's kind of the point I'm making um things you know different people have different hills that they stand on these people have decided it's a sandwich right yeah so yeah it's, enough, it's ridiculous um the uh the the next thing I is is one that I've um it, it's there are people who understand what freedom of speech is. And as somebody that I know for, for a fact, you um, take freedom of speech very seriously. It's very, that's something that's very um, important to yes. you. Um, in this climate that we have now, not only with YouTube, but with other platforms where uh, like you had the thing with Alex Jones getting um, deplatformed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. YouTube is is um, censoring out um, Monkey Jones is, is another example of, of somebody that's you know getting um, taken out, and there's not any clear but uh, Sargon with with Patreon. There's not any um, a lot of times there's not a clear example of uh, where their infraction lies within their terms of service. Now I know not for everybody, for some there is, um, but what's your sort of uh, opinion on? On those sort of things, we know that the the platforms have the right to do that as they are plat, you know private platforms. But let's sure. let's speak to the uh, should they? What do you? What's your opinion with those? Well, I'll go a little bit beyond the should they. Um, not only should they not do it, they shouldn't have the right to do it. Um, I don't buy the private platform argument. Uh, all businesses in this country are subject to regulation. I think that there should be some free speech regulations. Uh, levied against these companies um, because look Twitter is more than just a like are, are we really when 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 Twitter is the new face of the public discourse are we really going to put that much power in the hands of tech company uh, I'm going to call them oligarchs at this point gatekeepers of all that we can see in here I'm not comfortable with that I'm much more comfortable with the government stepping in and saying no you're going to, if you're going to ban, if there's going to be any system for banning people, it's going to be transparent and it's going to be something that has rigid, well-defined criteria, not a vague TOS that you can weaponize against anyone at any time. Because let's be honest about what the terms of service are. The terms of service say, essentially, you're gone anytime that we want. You know, there's some, some vague rules in there. But what the rules really are, are they're, they're written so broadly, so open to interpretation that, um, you know, really they can get rid of anyone at any time. It's, you're, you're there at their pleasure. Um, and if, 
if you're a website that becomes large enough to represent a mass communications tool platform to the point where the president of the United States is using it as his primary means of communicating with the American people, then um, there needs to be some oversight on that. And uh, I, I, so I firmly believe that, look, I know that it, there's not, nothing that any of these companies has done violates the First Amendment in any way, shape, or form. I want to make that clear. I'm saying that we need to have a, uh, a the, I, the, the way that media operates has changed. We now have social media as well. Uh, and we need to change our thinking about what freedom of speech is to reflect those changes. Hmm. So, so along that, uh, yeah, along that logic train, do you think that bakeries should be allowed to not bake cakes for gay people? No. No, I think that they should bake the cakes. If you may, if you, okay. if you bake a wedding cake for a straight couple, then I, I think you should have to bake it for a gay couple because that's a legally recognized union. If someone wants to marry a horse or something, I think you can refuse them because that's not a legally <laughs> recognized <laughs> union. Right. Exactly. Okay. So I just wondered if the logic would be that the government should step no, in. If I, uh, there was know, a time when I sided with the small businesses on that, but I've I've uh, I've evolved that position over over the years. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. It's not legal yet, Casey. You know, once they uh, allowed gays to get married, that's the first step. <laughs> Next thing it'll be Fucking marrying gay. their dog and. Gay. <laughs> um, yeah. Gays are destroying so, the world. Don't you know your gay marriage <clears throat> can affect everybody else's straight marriage somehow? Oh, I know. I know. Um, the uh, Through with magic. Uh, with 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 the, uh, the magic. also YouTube. Uh, did you hear guys hear about YouTube? Uh, there's two things that YouTube has announced in the past um, uh, two weeks, and after this, Casey, we'll, we'll start asking the questions that that you have. Um, but they've done uh, two things that I think are, um, are are very telling about their direction that they're going. Number one. And this isn't what this article is about. But uh, last week they announced that uh, things like flat Earth, things that um, are are people um, peddling things that could be harmful to other people, or conspiracy minded, yeah, yeah conspiracy minded yeah. um, things are going to be um, not censored in a in a way of being taken down, but they're not going to be pushed. And you have to actively search it's not for. Not going to be recommended anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it, is that a, is that a form of censorship? You think? Uh, I mean, I would say that if it's not, it definitely ventures into the territory. Um, the, the big question I have about that is, uh, gee, I wonder how this is going to be interpreted. Because how many, like, who's to say what's a conspiracy theory, right? Mm. I mean, mm. what happens when it's decided that criticizing Israel's human rights policies is really kind of a conspiracy theory? Uh, you yep. know, so like what's going to fall under that purview? Uh, how many different opinions that we consider this is a fairly mainstream opinion? How many opinions that are backed up by hard evidence are going to be conspiracy theories? I mean, in a country like the United States of America, that's still like 80 percent religious. What happens when atheism? That's just a conspiracy theory. Like, I don't know. I don't know how broadly they're going to interpret that. Does I mean, I kind of suspect that it's going to end up being anything that's outside of the comfort zone of mainstream America or whatever country you're in is going to be the conspiracy. So I'm mm -hmm. really kind of uh, I'm, I'm skeptical of, of this. Now, if it was 
just applied to, you know, flat earthers or something, you know, I would still be against it, but probably not passionately, but just knowing that this is going to be probably used for something way beyond the purview of what's being described to us makes me super antsy about it. It's a slippery slope because I think that uh, like, like what uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I think it's driven by advertisers. I think this is YouTube's attempt to create a, uh, an environment where advertisers are ex essentially selecting the content that they want to see on YouTube so that uh, if, if a certain uh, group or thought or issue is not in any way going to make YouTube money, in other words, if the advertisers wouldn't put their uh, dollars towards it, that eventually will fall into that whole um, not going to be recommended um, thing. So you're essentially allowing advertisers to, um, to select for you. Casey? Well, so I guess I wonder, like, is there any exception to that whole nobody should be censored kind of thing? I mean, anti-vaxxer stuff is actually really dangerous and vaccination levels are falling all over the world. And so that the spread of that misinformation is dangerous. And like mm. stuff like Alex Jones, some of the stuff that he says, that's dangerous. The whole Pizzagate thing caused this guy to go up and shoot up a pizza place and the shit wasn't even true. So like, yeah. I don't know, at, is there any just, is there any time that you think it's justified to limit the spread of this kind of information? Mm. Good question. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really, I mean, it's a very good question. And, uh, something that should definitely be approached very thoughtfully. I, I'm reminded of the quote about, um, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Uh, and if there was going to be any sort of line drawn, I feel like it should be drawn there at the level of disinformation. But the danger that you run into when you start to censor certain positions because they're not factually accurate is that you know uh sometimes the, the, the people don't really agree on the facts you know and uh i think that a lot of times what you're going to end up with is people who are disenfranchised with the official narrative even if there's evidence to support it who are going to uh galvanize around you know the fringes and actually become a little bit I think a lot of times that there's a radicalization effect to censorship that people don't take into account. Like, let's remember that the guy who initially pushed the fake vaccine stuff, uh, the vaccine autism link, um, I forget the name of the doctor. He's not a doctor anymore. He was, uh, you know, stripped of all of his medical licenses and stuff, but he's still going around this country giving lectures and uh, it didn't, mm -hmm. the censorship didn't, didn't sink him it made him stronger if anything uh and if you know you're talking about we're going to censor this idea across all platforms i think that to some extent people feel like oh well this idea is being censored they're not going to say well that's just because it's so unreasonable that we can't you know that we shouldn't even allow it to be heard i think that they're going to view it as well that idea is so dangerous that they had to put a lid on it uh, and that's going to make that idea attractive to a lot of people, especially people looking for some outlet of rebellion against mainstream society. So I think a lot of times you end up making these ideas sexier to people by censoring them. 
but you know, the spread of misinformation is definitely a huge issue right now. I don't know that uh, the tool of censorship is the right one for the job, but we certainly need some kind of measure in place. Uh, but I don't know uh, what that would be. I think it. I think the the only solution to this issue for me is to teach uh, critical thinking earlier in school and make sure that it's it's something that is in, ingrained in people. Because for right. me, I think the public as a whole usually does a pretty good job of curtailing bad ideas. So if if there are things like um, you know the immunization issue. When you have people who are better equipped to think through these issues and to see what, um, you know, this side is preventing uh, evidence, uh, blah, blah, blah. This side is producing shit evidence. So I'm going to go with uh, this one over here. That is I mean, a yeah, much I more effective. To me, when it comes to the vaccine issue, honestly, like I think the better approach is just saying vaccines are mandatory. Say whatever you want about it. They're mandatory. Yeah. You, you know, know, that's an um, interesting yeah. position for a libertarian. Yeah. That's well, because I, normally libertarian 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 left though. So <coughs> like my libertarianism only goes so far as uh, as you know what I think is economically sensible. I, I think that uh, you know look uh, this is to me this issue is not about personal choice because when you make a choice not to vaccinate your kid that doesn't just affect you. I think even a libertarian right. should be able to take that stance of like, yeah, why am I not free to set my own house on fire? It's mine. Well, it might catch your neighbor's house on fire. It affects more than just you. And the right. same thing with vaccines. Okay. So, I mean, I think I can reconcile it with that. Uh, just, you know, knowing that you're weakening herd immunity, you're uh, making mm -hmm. things difficult for the most vulnerable people. Like, you know, there was a kid uh, on, on the, I was watching a John Oliver talk about vaccines a while back. And there was a kid he was talking about with uh, cancer uh, who wasn't strong enough yet to be vaccinated himself. So he was reliant on the herd immunity of his classmates. So if you choose not to vaccinate your kid and you weaken that herd immunity and you let measles get in there, that cancer kid is fucked. He's going to catch it for sure. So uh, this is not something that just affects you. It's something that affects everyone around you in a demonstrable way that is perhaps life-threatening. So I think that, yeah, it should definitely just be mandatory to get your kids vaccinated. I think that's just a no-brainer. There are communities all across the country now. I've seen three different articles about this where um, there are diseases that were pretty much eradicated, coming back with a vengeance because of people who are um, – not getting their uh their, their kids vaccinated uh it's right it all comes down to how you how you if you're able to process information and what you're being told if you don't if you can't handle sorting through evidence and and being able to choose what's real science and what's not then you're you're fucked and i don't think that any amount of uh to me if when you censor things like this and with like flat earth and all those sort of kind of, of conspiracies you actually feed conspiracies because then these these uh, conspiracy guys are able to go. Oh, see, they don't want the truth out. They're uh, they're blocking the truth from from getting out. That to, is, uh, that's typically how it's it ends up getting spun. So, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Casey, um, I know that you've you've got uh, some some questions from the uh, the Twitter questions. The Twitter questions. Ready for Twitter? Get, Twitter questions. Let's do it. <laughs> sure. Let's do it. My cat's okay. trying to silence. From, I've never seen I've never seen a cat. Actually, uh, sit in someone's lap before. That's uh, that's new to me. This cat loves me. Um, yeah, cats usually yeah. try to avoid people. I think. 
Uh, this cat licks my face like a dog. So that's that's what's up. Well, that's weird. All right, Casey. It is, and his tongue okay. hurts because it's sharp. But okay, sandpaper. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Cardinal Art on Twitter said, have you ever had the same kind of frustrating arguments with contextualists, contextualists as you have with literalists? I was raised Catholic. My aunt was a nun, but we were taught to view the Bible as a man's attempt to explain God and an attempt to control morals in society. Love you, by the way. <laughs> um, to me, the contextualists are actually more annoying than the literalists. Uh, I can respect the position of a literalist marginally more than a contextualist because uh, at least a literalist is saying this book is the inerrant word of God and that's why I live by it. You know, as irrational as the belief that that book is the inerrant word of God is, at least the logical thing you would do from that is, yeah, if this book comes from the creator of the universe and tells us how to conduct ourselves, then we must live by it. Uh, but a contextualist is like, well, a lot of it's allegory and interpretation and blah, blah, blah. Like, then why do you live by it? Anything is that. I can interpret mm. morals from Spider-Man 2, you know? Uh, like, it, it, Dr. Seuss. Oh, what's the moral of the cat in the hat? I mean, like, hey, uh, pretty much anything in terms of human storytelling can give you moral lessons or... Mm. Uh, ideas about how to conduct yourself in the world or whatever, you know, whatever you claim to get from the Bible, wisdom, um, uh, can, a movie can preach compassion, a, a, a novel can, you know, uh, point out a, a social ill and probably better than the Bible because it's from probably a time closer and more analogous to your own when human beings have a more advanced knowledge of the world around them. So uh, to me, a contextualist is someone who, is uh, just taking a, an inherently irrational position. This book is not perfect. It's not the inerrant word of God. It's just a bunch of stories that we think kind of have a good meaning or message here and there. Uh, well, yeah, maybe they do. So look at them as mythology and treat them like you would any other story created by a human beings. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them have good moral lessons. Some of them have bad moral lessons. Uh, and they're all open to interpretation. That's fine. Just don't tell me that it's anything to do with God at that point. It's clearly not. If it's it's either from God or it's not from God. Uh, so I actually take the uh, the literalists. Uh, I have a little bit more respect for them, even though I think most of them are just contextualists in disguise. Honestly, because no one is actually following that book to the letter. You can't. It's contradictory, and there's tons of stuff that tons of people ignore. Uh, no one's also no one's uh, getting stoned for mixing fabrics anymore. So, right, true that. Okay, so next is from Mark H. What is your secret for glowing skin? Uh, just be uh, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly pale, and uh, you will glow in any light. Uh, okay. Just make sure you have, yeah. sure you have no, like uh, no melanin or whatever it is. <laughs> I I feel like that's more of a question for Kyle. Uh, you um, skin? Uh, just be uh, <laughs> be really white. Um, no, uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I, I have a bowl every night. That's the only thing that I do. That's uh, in any Excellent. way uh, an everyday thing. So that's my only advice. Gotcha. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, Dalton Dean Peacock asked, when you made your channel, did you ever expect it to grow to be the size it has? Uh, no, I expect it to be much bigger. I was thinking I'd be president by now. <laughs> uh, did it surprise you? Like, I think there are some people who start channels and then they just blow up and it's like really surprising to them. No. Okay, you just think you're awesome, so like it was expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if anything, I'm vastly underrated, so. Okay, all right. Uh, Dan Thomas. I would agree with that. Uh, I would agree with that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Dan Thomas is a patron of yours. Um, said you were great at participating in debates and hosting them. Do you miss this with, um, I don't know what DFF is, or does That's debating call right. Scotty? Deep Pat Fried is my, okay. um, my current uh, podcast I do. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was um, – uh, what was the question again? What Do I miss uh, debates and stuff? No, not really. Yeah, um, you, miss, you miss this. No, I, I, I feel like I had my fill of that kind of stuff. Uh, I did uh, a three-year or so stint on uh, Drunken Peasants and you know various other debates over the years uh, as part of like uh, Polypop when I was on uh, – I think it was the Maker Network and you know some other stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it can be fun, but I think ultimately uh, those sorts of things are pretty frivolous and not really too enlightening or meaningful. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't really miss it. Um, I think it can be fun for a while, but I'm much happier with what I'm doing now. So you, you had a big you had a big um, a, a big moment um, in uh, when you were on Drunken Peasants with the whole Milo thing. I don't, if, if, you, if you guys uh, if some of you guys don't know. Um, the reason that Milo got in all that trouble was because of uh, what he said on um, uh, right. TJ's on, on podcast my, uh, at the on, time. Uh, Drunken Peasants and on uh, Joe Rogan. Because actually, mm -hmm. he said it on Joe Rogan first, because uh, that's where I found out. I was watching his uh, Joe Rogan interview. I was like, wow, that's a really, really odd story. Uh, so he asked him some questions about it, and uh, you know his answers were very strange. And of course, that uh, ultimately ended up getting to the mainstream press, who uh, honestly distorted what he said to some extent. But uh, still, very odd story. Um, yeah, that was a that was a pretty crazy moment to me, though. And I don't think I get enough credit for this. I'm pretty sure I put together the first ever YouTube BDSM themed trivia show. So I think that's probably. The that's oh, probably yeah. the, the that's my favorite episode if I look back at like the DP stuff with uh Mr. Repsion and uh Pimp Monk and uh my my buddy Paul uh Paul's ego uh all getting uh whipped and spanked for getting questions wrong by uh Mistress Jin, who I don't know whatever happened with her, but that was a great fucking episode. The wheel of torture or the wheel of misfortune or whatever we ended up calling it. Uh painful. <laughs> yeah and uh you know we we posted pictures of uh of uh paul's ass and mr repsion's ass after that and they were just like black so oh it was really man cool. i can't Any even believe bring it back no i can't even believe we got away with it once oh yeah that's, that's a good point um yeah. uh, while we're talking about deep fat fried it was a different, was uh, a different youtube though. that was before the adpocalypse and stuff so you know things were a little bit more free then now they're a little bit more restrictive um, but let me, let's let's talk about Deep Fat Five for just a second. Um, what was yeah. the uh, like? You know, you're you're just getting out of DP, um, which you know, 
obviously it was a, a, a shock to, to uh, your fans. So when you're, when you're setting up a new podcast and, and you're, you're kind of thinking through the direction that you want to take things, um, mm-hmm. you, you opened up the, uh, this, the uh, series of, of deep fat fried with uh, the Tim <laughs> Allen yeah, um, Tim Allen thing. Like, yeah. What's the, what's the, what was the thought? Um, like, wh- why did you end on um, Tim Allen to start out things with? Um, we decided to start off with Tim Allen because I figured that would, damn you cat. I figured that would, uh, make it, I think that would make it pretty clear to everyone that was a fan of drunken peasants that you're not necessarily gonna be a fan of this because we came up with a concept that was pretty different and we wanted to start off with something that was as different as we possibly could. So, uh, we threw the Tim Allen episode out there as kind of a, like, Hey, this is what we're about now. And people were like, what the hell are you even doing? And then the next episode, I think after that was like, um, juggalos or something. I don't know. We covered mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff and then, uh, it just became apparent to people like, wow, there's really no consistency to this. They just kind of cover whatever every week. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I've, I've loved the, uh, the freedom of that. And, um, not being beholden to uh, any one topic or any one thing of interest and being able to Mm -hmm. even find things that maybe people don't think are interesting and try to look for what's interesting about them. Uh, We did an episode on, on fucking toilets, you know, where we went through the whole history of the toilet and just made stoner jokes and, uh, and shit jokes, obviously. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's, it's super fun to just have that freedom to play around with so many different uh, areas of discussion and not feel like you, there's nothing, feeling like there's nothing you can't do feeling like, you know, we, if we wanted to, we can make an episode about fucking paper clips and still see if maybe Mm -hmm. we can make it halfway interesting. So uh, I don't know. I think that's very uh, freeing, but it also offers a a robust array of challenges uh, in terms of, keeping the show consistent enough that people, you know, will still regularly tune in. It has to, there has to be some uh, ability to expect something, but to not be beholden to any one topic at any given time and to be able to do all kinds of stuff and just have the freedom to explore all these different areas, uh, you know, treating some episodes seriously, treating some episodes comedically, just being able to be all over the map, and still, uh, still somehow a cohesive thing has been like a, a whole bunch of fun. So, um, the serial really killer, proud. uh, your serial, serial killer, killer um, series I loved. Yeah. Those yeah. were, those were fantastic. All right, Casey. Um, so this is from Vallis Johnny on Twitter. Where's the best place to buy fresh produce? And I told him um, I would ask it even though. Yeah, you just, uh, you, you tell you what, if you come up over to my, come over to me, my place and, uh, you know, just reach up right into my asshole and just pull out whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's free. It's free to take. It's uh, all free. You know, it's interesting it's because that leads into our next one. It leads into Anal our next cornucopia. one. Okay, Uh-oh. cool. Some, if you have produce in your ass, it leads to the next question. I never heard why. Oh, sorry. This is from Johnny Bonar. Mm-hmm. I never, I never heard why he made the banana video. That one is purely for curiosity's sake and is not a judgment of character or anything. He just wants to know right. why. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. for the same reason people use, you know, uh, dildos or vibrators or whatever sex toys are out there. It was just a low budget sex toy. I'm just like, I don't have a dildo. Here's a banana, you know? Why was there a video? So why did you put it on Twitter? 
Well, I was, I, I wasn't like I was like up for Pornhub is the banana video. No, I sent it to somebody who asked for mm-hmm. it who then later hated oh. me over some political disagreement and was like, I'll put this banana video out there. Then it's like, all right, well, that's kind of petty, but whatever. Yeah. I did it. I'll roll but with you it. Did the right, I, you, you did the right thing, though. You you owned it, I think. That, that's, the, that's the... What are you uh, going to do? That's the... Not gonna, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who's going to be like, I am personally ashamed. I'm not ashamed of what I did. I had fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Stimulated my prostate. I fucking, you know, it did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> I don't know what this. I, mean, like, I feel like it's self-evident. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do have to admit, I feel privileged that I have not had to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I've not watched I mean, that. I have not. Seen that. I don't know why anyone. Does would, that make you feel yeah. better? Does it what? Well, no. Does it make I'm you feel sound... better that like a person out there has not seen you? <laughs> no. I, I mean, I think the whole world. I think it should be. I think it should be a Super Bowl commercial, personally. But. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's got to get though, you know, it's got to get old though. Um, like, uh, that being something that's always asked to you, or you, you just don't care if, if it's talking no, about I, it's fine. Uh, I'm yeah. not, I, you know, whatever it's, it is what it is. It's like people are gonna, there's certain things people are gonna ask me about. There's just one of them, yeah. Um, Casey, do you have any more from Twitter? No, that was all from Twitter. No one, okay. Knows. Um, I, I, I uh, yeah, well, there's people tagging in the in the, uh, in the live chat, but I know I told you that we would um, keep it at an hour and a half, which we're at. But uh, so I want right. um, yeah, to, I want to wrap it. What time? Oh, yeah, it's eight thirty. So yeah, um, um, yeah, go ahead. Do I want to just wrap, wrap with one final question from me. Right. Um, That's good. Of all the people that you've had a uh, you've you've interviewed, talked with, um, interacted with over the course of your YouTube career, mm-hmm. uh, who has stood out? to you um the most in terms of um like i like this person like this is somebody that um you know has has a good direction and who has been the the one person that um you just you couldn't see their point at the time and you're just not going to see their point like they you know you, you didn't it wasn't a good interaction between you two and you don't have to go with the obvious answer on that i know what you're probably thinking on, on that one, but um, you don't have to go to the, uh, <laughs> the obvious answer on that one. I don't think so. But um, the uh, for as far as uh, the best, I mean, sh- uh, other than you guys, um, probably Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> just uh, the, the star power he has. You know, there's a yeah. when you're in the presence of someone who's a legitimate celebrity, um, you, you feel that. Um, at least I do. I feel the star power. I feel it emanating off of them. So uh, that was a thing. Uh, the time that I just happened to share a flight with uh, Morpheus from the Matrix, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, like that dude just exuded energy and power. So uh, people like that, uh, that are on that that level, that tier of, uh, you know, that are just way above anything that, you know, you or I or any of us will probably ever be. Uh, those people just super powerful. Uh, and so, you know, mm-hmm. sitting across the table from Joe Rogan, you know, and knowing that he's probably going to, you know, he pr- definitely could kick my ass. So uh, he's got more money than me. He's got a bigger show than I'll ever have. Got fucking ass kicking abilities I'll never have. He's a cool dude, cooler than I'll ever be by a fucking, you know, country mile. So, like, that's intimidating to be in, like, you almost feel like that Wayne's World, like, I'm not worthy kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so was, was that's he cool? kind of like, Oh, yeah, definitely coolest guy. Super nice. Um, 
Awesome. Just awesome dude, cross the board, just as friendly off camera as he is on, just really affable, friendly, nice, all the positive things you could possibly say about a person. Uh, gregarious, all that. Um, so that's that's Joe Rogan and just awesome guy all around, awesome to be on his show, whatever. Uh, as far as someone who I just did not click with at all, just, just rubbed the wrong way uh, right off the bat. The time that I had to do an episode of Drunken Peasants with uh, Dave Rubin, uh, just uh, could not like yeah. that smarmy fuck. Um, and, you know, just constant little gutter snipe remarks from him. And he's just a prick. Uh, and he's shallow and he's vapid and he's stupid. And that's how I feel about him. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you told yeah. us how you really felt. Yeah. He is uh, uh, Dave Rubin. I, I I just I hate uh, him and him and Ben Shapiro both. Like I, like I know you don't like. Um, I've never I've he, never had to interact with Ben Shapiro, so I suspect yeah. that I'd um, probably get along better with Dave Shapiro than uh, than Dave Rubin or Ben Shapiro than Dave Rubin. Then. So, yeah. So okay. Um, uh, well, uh, any uh, I'm gonna let you. Uh, Take a second, and um, any final thoughts that you want to put out there for anybody? Uh, plug when uh, Deep Fat Fried comes on so people can catch that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anything else uh, that you I wanna... do. Uh, me and uh, my very, very funny friend Paul and my brother Scotty, we do a uh, show every Monday called Deep Fat Fried. You can tune in to see that. We do private episodes on Friday, but, you know, go see if you like the Monday ones before you really worry about that. But every Monday, you could see uh, an episode of Deep Fat Fried on our channel. Every Thursday, we put up clips of us reacting to the news, and there's all kinds of other content that's kind of beyond, beyond a patron wall. But see if you like the free stuff before you even worry about that stuff. And, of course, there's my channel, The Amazing Atheist, where all of my, you know, 1,400 videos or however many I have are up, and there's new ones coming out all the time. Uh, and this is honestly, it's all over the fucking map. I mean, sometimes it's about politics. Sometimes it's about atheism. Sometimes it's observational humor. It's all kinds of shit. So, uh, just don't feel like you're going to be able to expect any sort of consistency and you should be fine. Um, yep. That's pretty much that. That's my best sales pitch. So go subscribe to that shit and go watch it. Um, uh, let me read these uh, uh, these last minute super chats that came in real quick. Um, Brian Stevens says everything TJ is uh, saying is possible today. Uh, Lysandrine says truck drivers um, aren't going away soon. Some driving some driving jobs will be, but there are many parts of the industry that will take over well over a decade before autom autom cannot read today. Automation will be able to replace the driver. Uh, Ruben Menendez says happy to see TJ on. Everyone go check out DFF. Uh, Brian Stevens says the amazing atheist is Nathan Drake. Are you Nathan Drake? I don't even know who that is. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure either. Uh, and then Isa okay. Lycan says TJ versus Destiny on free speech? Question um, mark. That, uh, uh, like that would be good. I talk. I'm, yeah, I I'm done with the debate a, thing. I got a message yeah. from Steve McRae as well. He's the co-host of our mm -hmm. other show, the Non Sequitur Show, and it says he likes his he likes your monologues. So cool. Thank you. Um, but uh, uh, Casey, anything that you have to wrap up with before we say goodnight? Anything you got coming up? Nope. No, well, not good really. luck like on said, your, uh, your midterms. midterms or uh, what you said is midterms. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I'm on getting that. my master's engineering, so it's well, I, not fun. That's, that's awesome. Maybe you can engineer like a Death Star that I can be like the uh, the captain of or something. Um, <laughs> the amazing I'm, Vader. I'm a, I don't, I'm a Star Trek person. 
not oh, okay. a Star Wars. Well, movie. build build me a <laughs> I will not build me a fucking board. Build me a board cube then. I, I'll I'll be the leader of the the board uh, hive or whatever. So, it, uh, is that right. a thing, Casey? You can't if you're if you're a fan of Star Wars, you can't be a fan of Star Trek. Is that like a real war? Like the the, the furries that we had? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean there are you know, people who there are plenty of people who like both. There are plenty of people who hate both, and there are there are just some people who just prefer one over the other or just like me i just i tried i watched i have watched all of the star wars i just don't like them i i just right. don't like interesting. them interesting and it's interesting i don't know i like the original <laughs> trilogy, but i i like star trek better too so whatever all right well uh live long and prosper you guys have a good time good night whatever you, you do uh, uh, TJ, I'm actually going to. Uh, yeah. I, 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 this is something that I I wanted to do when when uh, you first agreed to come on. Um, I want you to take right. us out like you do in your videos. But um, after I, uh, I I tell people that we'll be back here tomorrow at eight o'clock, where um, we'll be joined by Bruce to talk about the um, the forgotten Exodus. But um, TJ has a tagline that um, he's coined, and I think it would be appropriate just to let him. I don't know. If, take it out. <laughs> All right. I don't know if it's, it's a little okay. All right. This has been The Amazing Atheist on the Non-Sequitur Show. Peace the fuck out! Perfect.